Today's topic, we're going to discuss some of the various weapons that are available to you and maybe clear up a few misconceptions along the way. This is never an easy subject because people have their own ideas on how weapons function and <clears throat> what they're really capable of doing versus what they think they're capable of doing. As we discussed earlier in the previous podcast, we talked about you know your mental awareness and, and preparedness and your ability to get things done physically, that tactics and strategies, um, and a little bit about the law. I, I hope I made that clear enough. Um, as obviously these are short and sweet and to the point, but it's really up to you to decide to defend yourself. As I had mentioned before, and I'll continue to mention it, it is your responsibility. <clears throat> Don't depend on the police to protect you. There's too many variables on when things go bad to actually depend on someone showing up at that moment in time. You know, like a superhero. It's it just improbable. <clears throat> your brain that gray mass of matter between our ears and behind our eyes, encased in our thick skulls, is our best weapon. If we use it properly, if we think about things before they happen and we plan for things before they happen and we're prepared mentally and physically and equipped to deal with things when they occur. Secondly, the other weapons that you have are part of your body or your hands, your fists, your feet, your knees, your elbows. Those striking tools are very hard, especially your knees and your elbows. Striking people should be in soft parts of their body that will do the most damage to stop their attack. Obviously, a punch in the throat would deter and probably end most attacks. Problem is, most people do not practice throwing punches, elbows, and knees, and things of that nature in order to hit a target precisely as small as the throat is. And, and then that is exactly where I'm taking this as we go to, you know, when we talk about firearms. There's so many misconceptions about shooting people in the arms and the legs and, and things like this to stop them from an attack. I've seen this quite frequently where people have been shot fatally but still were able to continue their attack until they dropped dead. I want you to think about that for a minute. If someone has a gun and they're about to shoot you and you happen to shoot first, your shot may be fatal, but it may not drop them 
immediately. And they can function 30 seconds or more before they drop, meaning they could pull the trigger on their gun or continue their knife attack until they fall. There's a lot of discussion about small calibers versus larger calibers. What I will say is, yes, a larger caliber is probably better because it creates a bigger hole, causing more blood loss and more shock to the body. But again, that's still not a guarantee that it's going to stop the person. I've seen people where they were shot in the chest with a rifle and it absolutely obliterated the heart, but they were able to function for a good, solid, almost a minute before they collapsed. <clears throat> so obviously, with that in mind, training with a firearm is paramount to your self-defense. If you don't train with it, it's useless. It doesn't even make a good hammer. It makes a better paperweight. What I'm getting at here is that if you buy a firearm or you pick a firearm, pick one that you're comfortable with, that you shoot well with, and that it's reliable. And practice, practice, practice with it to where everything about it functionally is second nature. You shouldn't have to think about controls on the weapon triggers, safeties, things of that nature. It should be second nature when you decide to deploy this weapon. <clears throat> there are a lot of gun experts out there. Uh, some of the gun stores will have experts. But by the same token, what are they an expert in? Are they an expert in the types of weapons, the functioning of the weapons, or are they experts on the use of these weapons in self-defense? There's a completely different school of thought. Police officers are trained to shoot center mass, and center mass has a couple of definitions, but typically the center mass is the largest part of the body exposed to you at the time you pull the trigger. Now, that could be the abdomen. That's not necessarily a one-shot stop, okay? Just not. Chest shots in the chest area where the heart is, obviously, it's going to do the most significant damage and possibly cause the most shock to the body to cause the person to drop. But that's not a guarantee either. Police officers are also trained to shoot until the threat is over. Too many people watch too many TV shows where, you know, bad guy was shooting at the good guy, the good guy shoots him one time, and he falls down, drops dead, or he goes flying backwards five feet. It's not going to happen. Those movies portray things that are completely improbable and impossible. You know, as I said before, 
with the different types of weapons, you know, you have in handguns, you have semi-automatics and you have revolvers. Some people prefer one over the other. Some people are very good with both. And it's they, they choose what they're going to carry based on their wardrobe. And when I say wardrobe, I'm not talking about how it looks on them. <clears throat> it's how easy it is to conceal it on them. So that's something you have to consider as well. You know, sometimes big is better, but sometimes big is too big and it's hard to conceal. So you may be opting for a weapon system rather than one pistol. We'll use Glock, for example. Glock makes various calibers of handguns. And in those various calibers, they make various sizes of the guns themselves. So, for example, we'll use a 9mm. They make a small 9mm package that's easy to conceal. They make larger 9mm, which carry more ammunition and are substantially more accurate because the barrels are longer and the grips are larger, so it gives you more to hold on to. But they make these for a specific reason. The smaller ones are easier to conceal, the larger ones are a little harder to conceal, and typically are worn you know, in a holster by a police officer on the outside of the body. Here we're talking concealed weapon carry. I don't particularly support the whole idea of open carry, and I may have mentioned it before. Police officers, when they get into a struggle with people, physical struggles, have had weapons taken from them, their own handguns taken out of their holsters. And they're trained not to let that happen. Most people that carry a firearm are not trained to that degree and have a good chance of losing that weapon to an aggressor or aggressors. So mental preparedness, again, is the point, the point, the point they've always made is being prepared and being aware all the time to prevent an incident. Just because you carry a gun doesn't give you the license to drive or walk into the worst section of town that you normally would avoid when not armed. The same goes for situations. A firearm is, is a deadly force instrument. There's no two ways about it. Typically, when you punch a hole in someone's body with a projectile, it's going to tear away at blood vessels and organs. Typically, that will result in someone's death. That is why it's considered a deadly force instrument. As I had mentioned in the subject matter about the laws on you, if your life is in danger or fear of great bodily harm, you have the right in most states to employ deadly force. This is up to you to re research in your state. Pepper spray, I've talked about a few times. I prefer the new pepper gel by Saber Red. I've used all their products. I've used other um, pepper sprays before the gel came out, and they all function well. Don't, don't get me wrong as far as the main brands are concerned. 
But Sabre Red really, really tops the charts, and the Pepper Gel works phenomenally well. It really does. Um, it's a non-lethal force tool, and obviously very easy to carry. As I had mentioned before, they make various size canisters of that. Some are small enough to hang on a keychain. And there's no reason for you not to have that on your person at all times while out walking, running, jogging, at work, or whatever the case may be. There's no reason for a person not to have a can of pepper spray. <clears throat> Where there may be reasons why you can't have your firearm with you. So this is something that, you know, when you talk about the two weapons of choice, those are the two weapons of choice. You know, you have, like I mentioned at the beginning of this audio, you have your hands, fists, feet, and elbows. How are you going to learn to use those? You're going to have to get some kind of martial arts training to learn how to strike people. You learn how to make different types of moves to avoid being struck yourself, minimizing your being struck. It takes years and years and years of practice to become a master in the martial arts. Still doesn't mean that you're going to be capable of defending yourself against multiple attackers or even one very determined attacker, unless you train for that. And that requires a lot of effort on your part and a lot of pain, <laughs> because if you think you can just get in there and soft play that, you can't. You're going to have to take a beating every now and then to understand what it feels like to get hit in a controlled environment, obviously. Because as I mentioned on the street, it's not a controlled environment. Strike first, strike hard, and strike to mean it. Don't play games with punching people or kicking people. It's something that has to be done so deliberately with so much force that when they've been hit, they know they've been hit, and you're not going to stop until they drop. Same thing goes with the pepper spray. You know, you don't just give them a little shot of pepper spray. You soak them in the face. When they're on their knees crying, that's when you back away and find yourself a safe place to call the police. If you're forced to shoot someone, the same situation. They, you shoot until they drop. When they drop and that threat is over, that threat to your life is over. That's when you take that moment to find a safe spot, call the police. The near, nearby is perfectly fine. It's a dangerous situation. You have to remove yourself from the situation, but call the police. Never leave. Never, ever not call the police when you involve yourself in a deadly encounter. If it happens, you need to be able to report to the police at some point in time, within moments of the shooting, that it happened and what happened. And again, as I mentioned before, details are extremely slippery in these moments. So don't try to recall every incident. I talk to people all the time that have been in deadly force encounters, and, and they swear that a certain set of a sequence of events took place before they pulled the trigger. And then watching videos of the event or other eyewitness accounts, they actually missed certain aspects of the incident. And this is because our mind blocks out certain things in a life-threatening situation. In a life-threatening situation, it's a different part of the brain that takes over. Not that, not that you're not conscious of what's happening, but there's a survival instinct 
deep inside your brain that takes over to defend yourself. And a lot of the other things that you normally would focus on when you're watching a movie or you're reading a book, that part of the brain's not functioning right now at that moment in time. And that moment in time, this is a the oh shit moment in time. And your body is reacting to what is occurring. Your mind is reacting to what is occurring. And if you've trained yourself long and hard, your body and your mind will do the right thing to save you. But trying to recall every moment of that right after it happened, not going to happen. And don't put yourself in a situation where you give a full-blown statement to the police and swear that this was exactly the way it happened, only to find two or three days later that you were wrong, because now you sound like a liar. Now, I'm going to tell you this again, I've said it before, the police were afforded an option when they get involved in a shooting. They are not forced to give a statement at that moment in time. They either have a union rep or a union attorney right then and there, right after the shooting and the dust settles, that does all the talking. Why? Because the police don't want to get sued because the cop misunderstood something during his questioning or, or didn't recall something during his questioning or her questioning. The same thing applies for you, but you're not going to have that. They're not going to give you that. It's a sad case of affairs when I've seen very many people that have justifiably used deadly force to defend themselves or a loved one wind up getting arrested because of something they said at the scene. As I mentioned before, you definitely want to have a membership with um, United States Concealed Carry or the National Rifle Association and get yourself legal assistance before you out in the streets. Get it. So you can call someone when this happens. There is no way the police can force you to talk until your attorney gets there. Remember that. Do not fall prey to questioning that may wind you up in a jail cell when you did nothing wrong. I'm going to talk a little bit about calibers of handguns now. Calibers of handguns. Typically, what is a well-known fact, and this, and I'm going to tell you this for a couple of reasons, the military and law enforcement carry in their handguns now pistol calibers no smaller than a 9mm or a 38. Reason being, those calibers are considered the minimum for penetration and expansion into the human body to stop a threat. Okay? There's smaller calibers out there, like the 22, the 25, and the 380s, which are a short 9mm essentially. And will those weapons kill? Absolutely they will. But that's not the point. The point is will it stop the threat now, immediately? Not all the time. There's been a lot of testing with the larger calibers, 40, the 44s, and the 45s. Those are bigger in diameter 
than the 38s and the 9 millimeters, and in between is the 357 Magnum, but it's still essentially a 38, just a high-performance 38. Goes faster. Doesn't make any bigger a hole. Don't let the movies fool you again. The 40s, the 44s, and the 45s do make bigger holes. Uh, they do cause more blood loss and damage, but again, there is no guarantee with a handgun that you're going to get a one-shot stop. In other words, one bullet in the right place, stopping this person right now. It doesn't mean it's going to happen. It may require multiple shots. And there's reasons for that. That could be the person's jacked up on drugs or is just so psychotic that they have no pain, they feel no pain, and they have no fear. And the only thing that'll stop them, typically, is a shot right in the brain. And that's a hard target to hit. That's why center mass is typically the target of choice, which is the chest area between the nipples. This is not a comfortable subject for most people because you're talking about taking a life. But if it means taking a life to keep your life or your loved one's life intact, that's the choice you have to make. I can't make it for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. That is the one thing I will not do. I'm going to give you the options. You have to make the choice. You know, most of these situations that I'm discussing here, there is no avenue for escape. And you're forced into a situation where you have no other option but to defend yourself or become a victim. You decide whether or not you want to be the prime crime victim or not. Everybody has a different attitude. Avoidance is, is, is a huge way of staying out of trouble. People have a remarkable way of putting themselves in situations they should never be in to begin with. Guess they don't listen to that gut instinct. Talked about hands, fists, and feet. The throat, the eyes are extremely sensitive areas of pain thresholds. Pushing someone's eyes in with your thumbs or fingernails is an extremely painful experience for that person. But when they're going, ow, 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 you don't back off. You don't back off until they're crying and they're on the ground curled up. You punch them in the throat. You don't stop until they fall and they're curled up on the floor crying or gagging. And you get out of there. Kicks to the groin. Yeah, sometimes they work. Sometimes they don't. A lot of times they're just an attention getter. If you know what I mean. If, if that drops their guard when you kick them there. Then punch them in the throat or gouge their eyes. Pepper spray is probably the most phenomenal intermediary that you can have. Pepper spray works on probably 98% of the people. I've only seen pepper spray not work. And, and that's it's such an unusual occurrence. It's really not even worth mentioning. Pepper spray by Sabre Red, the pepper gel, is the way to go. And if you choose to carry a firearm, train, 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 and get yourself some legal advice. Like I had mentioned before, the NRA or United States Concealed Carry are wonderful organizations to belong to. There's too many miscon 
too many misconceptions about the NRA being a bunch of killers. That's just absolute nonsense. The NRA trains people constantly on gun safety, children's safety, and everything else. The, the, the NRA is not a proponent of people going out killing people. That is just absolute nonsense. You've got too many people out there that, are, that, are, that want to talk politics when this is a right to defend yourself. It's in the Constitution. Second Amendment allows you to bear arms and it allows you to defend yourself. At the end of the day, stop listening to all the garbage. You're the one who has to decide whether you want to live or die in this world today. Again, you know, I can't expand on this stuff for hours and hours and hours and hours, but we don't have time here and you don't have time here. You have to get out. If you're going to carry a gun and get training with it, you need to go to a competent gun instructor and learn. An NRA instructor is typically what you'll run into out there unless it's a police officer that's teaching on the side. And again, that's a good a way to learn how to shoot, not only learn how to shoot, but safety of the weapon, how to clean the weapons, how to disassemble the weapons, and, and the talking about scenarios and laws. When you step up to the plate where you're going to carry a firearm with you all the time, you have taken on a huge responsibility. And by taking on that huge responsibility, you cannot be cavalier about it. You have to be trained and you have to be ready or don't carry the gun. Not something you flippantly throw in your pocket or your purse or wherever you're going to carry it and just act like, well, I got my gun. I'm good to go. No, 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 you're not. No, you're not. Ask any SWAT team person. Ask any Navy SEAL or Special Forces soldier the amount of weapons training they go through on a daily basis. They wear out pistols. They shoot so much through them. I want you to keep that in mind. This isn't a matter of going to the range and getting your concealed weapons class where you shoot a couple bullets or maybe a box of bullets and now you're done. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not considered a, a pistolero until you shot several thousand rounds of ammunition through that thing and can hit your target every time you pull the trigger. And I'm not sitting here talking about aiming for, for a minute before you pull the trigger. I'm talking about out of the holster, on target, bam, and you hit target. That's the kind of shooter you have to become. With that being said, I'm going to end today's podcast with, again, order my book, How Not to Be a Prime Crime Victim from Amazon on Kindle Publishing. It's only $4.99, and it's worth every cent. I will be broadcasting another podcast soon, and we will continue this podcast series and actually end it with a summary. So thank you very much. Stay safe out there. Watch your back. Because when you're not paying attention, that's when you become that prime crime victim.